Ecclesia, that it's God's governing body, uh, that when we gather in session, uh, we are gathered in, in, in the courts of heaven in session. We are establishing things. There is, there is rule, realm, and dominion that is taking place, that when we say things, we are not just saying them, but we are seeing them. And to some people, this kind of talk sounds crazy, but I really believe the Bible, that there is power of life and death in our tongue. And I believe that we as the ambassadors of Christ's kingdom, that we have been sent into the realm of the earth to shine the light of the glorious gospel, that, that, that this light cannot be hidden, a city that is set upon a hill. We are the salt of the earth. We are to season the earth with the flavor of the kingdom of God, that when we show up, we should bring the difference. But, but I say all that to, to set the, 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 the eminence of where we are going tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about the faith of the church. I've been in a series in Darlington for the last couple of weeks, actually, on faith. And, uh, and it's been just, you know, one thing that God spoke to me, he said, there is, there is times that we battle in this life. There are times that we build, but then there are times that we just simply believe. And I truly believe, watch this, I truly believe that as the sons of Issachar anointing, I know when I say some of these things, some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about, but this time of season that we are in is this time and season to be able to properly discern the times and seasons. You can study this stuff, write that down, and you'll find out about the Issachar anointing. Uh, there was, a, there was a, the sons of Issachar that were known in the Bible because they could properly discern the times and the seasons. And I believe that God is bringing his church into an Issachar car season where we will know, watch this, when it's time to battle, when it's time to build, but we will also know times when we just simply need to sit back and believe. The Bible says that God said to Moses when he got to the Red Sea, watch this, he didn't tell, he didn't tell Moses to battle Pharaoh in his pursuit. He didn't tell Moses to build a bridge. He said, stretch forth your hand and watch this and see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, he said, just stand still and watch. Just believe me that I'm going to do what I said I would do. And I truly believe that the church, the ecclesia, is arriving at a place where we have to come, watch this, where our words are superseded in regards to God's works. That we don't just talk about the God of the miraculous, we see the God of the miraculous. Come on, somebody. We don't just get to talk about what God used to do, we talk about what God is doing and what He is going to do. We don't talk Talk about how God heals on foreign land. We talk about how he heals in the city of Sumter. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so, so all of that is a, is a culmination of faith. So what is faith? Webster defines it as a belief that does not rest on logical proof or material evidence. The Bible describes faith and defines faith in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. It says that now faith. Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain good testimony, and by faith we understand that the words were that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. My God, that is, that just try just hold that right there. So by faith, watch this. By faith we understand. That the worlds were framed by the word of God. 
See, if you understand building in any concept, there is a part of building called the framing stage. This is the stage where the foundation has been laid, and now the framers come in, and by stick by stick, they begin to erect the structure. The Bible says that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So what is this now? Now we find a concept that God's Word is a framer. (laughs) Mm. Come on. God's Word is a framer. Why am I telling you this? Because what some of you need to understand is that God is trying to build something in your life, but before He ever builds it, He'll send a Word. And the Word begins to build the world that the Word can rest in. And by faith, we now understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Watch this. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Can you see a word? No, but you can hear a word. And what Hebrews 11 is telling us is that when God spoke and he said, let there be, and it was, we now understand that the things that are visible were framed by the things that are not visible. What is not visible? The word of God. So now God begins to frame by faith. We know that everything that we see is the evidence of something that at one point could not be seen. Do you hear what I'm teaching tonight? And so now we understand that by faith, what we are doing is we are not looking for it as much as we, uh, we know that God will, will send proof of something before it manifests. So, so faith, I need to talk to people tonight and understand that there are some of you that you, you are holding on to things. But watch this, you are holding on to things that you can't even see. And that is the walk of faith. It is, a, it is a rope that none of us can see, but yet we are all holding on to it. It is, a, it, is a, it is a stance in which we stand, but we can't even see the ground that we're standing on. But by faith, not looking for what can be seen, but, but more than that, than what can't be seen. I love how the message translation does this. I want to break this down in the message translation of Hebrews 11 and 1. It says that the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we cannot see. The act of faith is what has distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. See, what is right with the church? I'll tell you what is right with the church. The faith, the faith, our faith is what is right. It's not just who we believe in, Jesus, but it is what we believe about him. It is a defining point of the church of Jesus Christ is that we are people of faith. There are people, though, that have tried to water down what we believe, and guess what? Even more so now than ever. Why? Because if the truth of our faith is not preached, then we create people without faith. Now watch this. In the absence of faith is the displeasure of God. For Hebrews 11 and 6 says, for, for, for without faith it is impossible 
to please God. So if we water down the word, watch, I'm going to teach tonight. If we water down the word and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the reading of God's word. If we water down the word, we water down the people's faith. Oh, this is good stuff. And when we water down the faith, now there is no longer a hunger to believe for the things that cannot be seen. And now we have a church with a country club mentality. Now we have a people that are sitting back wanting to be served rather than serving. Now we have a people that don't care anything about people dying and going to hell because we are just comfortable with where we are because we've been watered down in the Word. Watch Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. It says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, watch this, be, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. We find in Hebrews 11 out of the message translation that it said that this is the foundation of our belief, that, that this faith is the foundation. But Psalms 113, or so, I'm sorry, Psalms 11 and verse 3, David said that if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So now we find that if our faith is a foundational thing, that if things are being built upon our faith in the realm of the kingdom, watch. So if I was the enemy, all I have to do is to destroy faith. But catch this, I can't destroy what I can't see. So rather, oh my God, this is good. So rather than destroy what I can't see, then I have to destroy the thing that generates it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so now we find what generates faith is the Word. So if I was the enemy, what I would do, rather than try to destroy what I can't see, I would go after the Word. And now I would take the Word and I would begin to water it down. I would begin to change and pull out Bible verses that really meant power. Come on, somebody. I would begin to raise up teachers that tell people what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear. I would raise up people that want to itch ears rather than convict hearts and see what I would do is I would begin to change the people by what they are hearing and I would attack the faith not because I can see it but I would attack it by what's generating it. But if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What was he talking about? He was talking about, watch this, the rock of revelation. But ready? He was talking about the rock of revelation when, when, when Jesus asked him, he said, but who do you say I am? And, and, and Peter said, you know, well, some say, some say that thou art, you know, Elijah. Some say that you are this. Some say that you are this. But, but then he asked Jesus, or then Jesus asked Peter, he says, but who do you say that I am? He says, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus' response to him is this, that blessed are you, Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Watch, it's not just the rock of revelation, but it's the ability to speak by faith. See, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter had not seen him 
as that. It was unseen that he was that until this moment that Peter, by faith in Revelation, begins to decree the truth and the whole counsel of God's Word, that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it's here that we find that when faith meets with Revelation, Jesus said, this will be the foundation on which I'll build my church. So when we take Revelation mixed with faith, which generates proclamation. Do you hear what is being said tonight? When we take revelation with faith, which generates proclamation that we proclaim the whole counsel of God's word, we generate a biblical church. Paul said this in in, in 1 Corinthians 3.11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The old song says, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. But can I tell you something tonight? That earthquakes are sure to test the strength of any foundation. Even the foundation of our faith. Luke 21 and 10, in verse 11, he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence. And there will be fearful signs or fearful sights and great signs from heaven. So how strong is this foundation? Jesus said in Mark 13 and 31, heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will by no means pass away. Hebrews 4 And 12 tells us about this word. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of joints and of marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. See, in this day of uncertainty, dishonesty, and abuse of confidence, there is not much anyone can consider perfect anymore. But let me tell you something. The Word of God is still perfect. The Word of God is still flawless. The Word of God is still without spot or blemish. The Word of God is whole. So God's Word is perfect and flawless. And if Satan can ever get you to doubt any of it, you might as well doubt all of it. If he can ever get you to doubt any of it, he might as well get you to doubt all of it. The Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will endure forever. See, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the reading of God's word. So we find out that the way that God is building, the way that God is still framing, the way that God will build in your life is he will speak to you through his word. His word will frame things together in your life. So if I was the enemy and I wanted to attack the structure of the church of Jesus Christ, the first thing that I would attack is I would attack the framing, the thing on which everything else is going to hang. Take it in the natural. You can't put sheetrock up without framing. You can't put trim up without framing. You can't put electrical in the wall without framing. You can't put plumbing in the wall without framing. You can't put insulation in the wall without framing. You can't hang cabinets on walls without framing. Come on, somebody. Don't you see that if the enemy was going to attack anything, he would attack the framing of the church. He would attack God's Word because if I can attack God's Word, then nothing else has substantial evidence on which it can hang. Nothing else can be built. What good is part of the faith without the whole counsel of God's Word. I can tell you, though, that we will not back up because we believe 
that God's word is flawless and it is without error. Second Timothy 4 and 3 said, For the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. First Timothy 4 and 1 said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. What's that mean? The Spirit is speaking with great unction with great concern even that in the latter times that some will shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and the doctrines of devils Timothy 1 Timothy 4 and 7 says this but refuse profane old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness can i tell you that i believe we're truly living in the scripture fulfillment, that there is coming a time when, when, when Paul told young Timothy, he said, there's coming a time where they're going to heap up teachers that tell them wise fables. And, you know, I was just even looking the other night in, in some study, and I saw, like, there's all kinds of things, watch this, that seem kind of good and seem kind of spiritual in the realm of the earth, but they are separate from the Word of God. There are conferences, and, you know, there's this whole thing right now, and if you haven't heard about it, you will soon hear about it, but there's this whole thing happening in the realm of of the spiritual realm now about, you know, this talk about the third eye. There's literally whole conferences that are being held in cities around the eyeball, and and what they're talking about is is being able to see with your third eye, talking about your mind, but what you have to understand is this new age, demonic doctrines of devils that is trying to create people to think like uh, that, that, they, that they can control through their mind, that they can do things in your mind, that you can see things. And watch this. You ready? You can. You can see things in your mind. You can go places in your mind. But it ain't by the Holy Ghost. It's by the spirit of the devil. And it's by the doctrines of devil that we have this whole new age thing. But here's the thing. People are they're going to it. They're taking their children with it. It looks fun. It looks creative. But I am confident that the day has arose where there are seducing spirits that are pulling people away from the Word because if the enemy is going to attack, he's going to attack our faith. But you can't attack what you can't see, so he'll come after the Word. See, I still believe. I still believe in a God who created man and female. I believe that God created male out of the dust, and he created Eve out of, out of the rib of man. I believe that there was a serpent that lied and deceived Eve, and that serpent was Satan. I believe that it rained 40 days and nights, but Noah built, a, built an ark and saved him and his family. I still believe that the Red Sea was parted, and Moses led Israel across on dry land. I still believe that some uh, that, uh, that pursued him, a Pharaoh's army, they drowned in that sea. Egypt's army drowned in that sea. I still believe the walls of Jericho fell under Joshua and the Israelites marched when they marched seven times. I still believe the sun stood still. I still believe Samson killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. I still believe that David killed a giant. I still believe that three Hebrew boys came out of a fiery furnace and they didn't even smell like smoke. I still believe that Daniel was 
was delivered from the den of hungry lions. And I still believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. He, he, left, he led a spotless life, that he died on a cross, that he became the propitiation of our sins. The chastisement of our peace was placed upon him. He was buried and rose again on the third day. And he walked the earth for 40 days. And he witnessed to those and those that were dead were seen. And he ascended on high. And the angel said, why do you stand here looking up for the same manner in which he went? He's coming again. I still believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to him. But, by, but no man can come to the Father but by him. I still believe that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the great I am. I still believe the whole counsel of the word of God. I believe that he died, gave up the ghost, and the spirit of Christ now lives in us. See, but we have to understand that as the days grow darker, we will have to fight for this faith. We'll have to fight for it. You don't know if you preach against this stuff now. You want a message? Watch. You want a message of, of, uh, uh, of conflict? Go watch the message I preached Wednesday night. I came for every doctrinal devil in the, in the world on Wednesday night. I preached against this agenda. It's the word. If you want it, you want a word, go, go check it out. It was called uh, uh, um, um, desensitized. And I talked about how there was a spirit trying to desensitize us and our children to introduce the doctrines of devils that we would be okay with it. You need to watch that word. But even as the days grow darker, right, watch this. I don't believe that the world's going to get better. I do believe the church will, though. (laughs) That he said that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I believe that the church's finest hour is in the world's darkest hour. I believe that we receive a measure of glory and power, which Israel knows nothing about, that that the disciples know nothing about. I believe there is coming a power of the Holy Ghost like the world has never seen, and it will usher in the third great awakening, and it will be the harvest amongst harvests. But watch this, watch this. But I believe that we will have to fight for this faith. (laughs) Jude 1.3 confirms what I'm saying. says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. 1 Timothy 1 and 18, he says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwrecked. It's in 2 Timothy 4 and 7. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. 1 Timothy 6 and 12 said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. That which was also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Can I tell you that if the disciples of old, if the apostles of old... 
prophets of old, if all those that have run on before us, this great cloud of witnesses, if Jeremiah had to be boiled in oil, if John had to be tried to be killed but couldn't, so he had to be put in exile on the island of Patmos, if Peter was crucified upside down, if, if, if the heads of John, John the Baptist was cut off, if, if these things happen to these men, why does the church of the last days think that we're just all going to escape up out of here? Oh, y'all real quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why is it that we think that we're exempt? I'll tell you why. Because there's a spirit of entitlement on the church that we think, we think that we just, we just get away from it all. Now, t- now, I will tell you this, and I don't want to get into eschatology tonight, but I will tell you this, that I do not believe that Jesus will beat his wife the night before the marriage. I don't believe that. I do believe that there's a persevering of the saints. I do believe that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. As it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about there will be a sheltering. There will be a protecting. There will be something, there will be some kind of hiding for the people of God in the midst of turmoil and calamity. But I'm telling you this, that even as the final days approach, that we have to fight the good fight of faith. It has come against us in every outlet. It has come against our children. It is all over the TV. And what is this attack? It is against our faith. And that's why Paul told Timothy that in the latter days, you've got to contend for this thing. You've got to fight for this thing. You don't get to back up. You don't get to compromise. We weren't called to play patty cake with the devil. We were called to live a life according to the faith. And so we live in a day where pressure is on the church to make a decision. Will we compromise the message to accompany the masses with Ichabod written above the door, or will we stand firm on our convictions and reject the popularity and in return have his presence? I don't know about you, but I would much rather have the presence of God than the popularity of men. I would much rather be a God pleaser that says, well done, my good and faithful son, rather than be somebody that runs for the accolades and the hand claps of men and women. I want to see him, oh, to look upon his face, there to sing forever of his amazing grace. Hallelujah. We live in a day where the pressure is on the church to make a decision. It's the truth that there is even an onslaught that the old Pentecostal style preaching is considered antique and men that preach and women that preach with the fire of the Holy Ghost shut up in their bones. It's, well, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just too much. It doesn't take all that. No, let me tell you something. It takes all of that. And then some. It took his blood. It took the radicalness of a God that so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. It took the radicalness of a Jesus that would flip over tables. It took the radicalness of a God that would stand in the face of evil and yet prevail over death, hell, and the grave. It took all of that. It took all of that. See, we must remember the anchor of our forefathers, the blood that was shed from the martyrs, which has allowed us to believe and have the whole Bible rightly divided. They fought for it. I think of men like the reformer Martin Luther, 
who nailed the thesis against the door for the Protestant church to arise, that the people of God would no longer be captivated and, and, and held in the restraints of revelation, but that the Word of God could go forward and freely. I wonder tonight how many men had to die for me to stand before you tonight and hold this Bible in my hand. I wonder how much blood is on the ground in Asia, how much blood is on the ground in Ethiopia, how much blood is on the ground in England, how much blood is on the ground in Rome so that we could have the whole counsel of God so that the faith of God may come alive in our lives. Hallelujah. See, it may not be popular, but I know that God will bless us even if we're the only church that's in town that proclaims the whole counsel of God's word. I truly believe that. Will you stand with me all over the house tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even if nobody else wants to, I'm decreeing and declaring that as Dominion Church, we will subject ourselves to the whole counsel of God's word. That we will not compromise, that we will not back up. But this is indeed the very word of God. That which was spoken, that which was inspired. 66 books written through the tablets of men's heart. Inscribed by the Holy Ghost. Infallible, without spot, without blemish. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing contradicting. Because it's on this that our faith is solidified. Some will say it's an old book. Some will say it's a fairy tale. But I will say this is the declaration of my independence. This is the constitution of the kingdom of God. This is the will of my Father who wrote a testament and a will for me so that I know everything that I have legal right to. This is a love letter from the lover of my soul. This is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. <laughs> the only begotten of God. So Word of God speak. Fall down like rain in your house <laughs> Father we love your word because your word frames our faith God it's your word that solidifies our faith God I pray that in this church you will raise up more people that when the demons of hell come against them they can have the response of Jesus, for it is written. Have you ever thought about this? You do understand that at that time, the Bible hadn't been written. <laughs> Some of y'all just caught that. The devil comes to attack Jesus after his baptism, 40 days being led into the wilderness to be tried and tempted by the Spirit. He's tried and tempted in the 
lust of the eyes, the pride of life, lust of the flesh, the three ways in which we are always tried and tempted. But as the enemy comes and he says things like that, if thou be the son of God, <laughs> watch this, i got to share this with you. Jesus in his baptism when he comes up, the spirit descends like a dove resting on him. And, and, and the Bible says that God speaks from heaven and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then it says, immediately, Jesus is led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tried and tested for 40 days and 40 nights. Prayer and fasting. He's in this, in this season. Watch. And when the enemy comes to him, watch this. He says this. If thou be the Son of God, turn this rock into bread. If thou be the Son of God, it's said that he given his angels charge over thee. If thou be the Son of God, if thou be the Son of God, if thou be the Son of God. And the enemy comes after a moment after prophetic utterance over Jesus' life and he challenges, you ready? He challenges everything that God just spoke over him. If you really are the Son of God. And Jesus' response is this. For it is written. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If you are the Son of God, then cast yourself down as this has been written, or that it's been said that He's given His angels charge over thee. For thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written, it is written, it is written. See, in a moment where Jesus needed to make sure he kept the faith. He warred with the Word. Ephesians 6 and 17 gives us the fulfillment of the armor of God and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The only thing that we have legal right to fight back with, everything else is protection, but this is the only thing we get to defend and fight back with. Keep the faith. Fight the good fight. Be a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. How? By faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith it is impossible to believe God. That he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. By faith. By faith. Father, my prayer tonight over this church and over these people, God, is that we would be a body in which faith can flow. Father, I pray tonight that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the spirit of you will raise up a standard against him. That it would be a standard of our faith. That it would be the standard of your word. That the weapon may be formed, but it cannot prosper. God, we thank you that your word alive in us is the faith in which we hold to. For surely, God, faith is a rope that none of us can see, but all of us are holding on to. Faith says, I trust you. (laughs) Faith says, I believe you. And so, Lord, tonight, as we depart from this place, God, we decree that we will not depart from this faith. God, I pray tonight for a supernatural hunger to hone our hearts towards your word. God, that we would be a people not just of faith, but a faith that's produced by your word. (laughs) 
that God, if you said it, we see it. That God, if you said you can do it, that we take you at your word. God, we thank you that when the enemy comes, our response shall be, it is written. Father, cultivate, culminate our hearts, God, towards the hunger of your word in a way like we've never seen before. God, my prayer is simple tonight, that we go home. God, we want to read your word. That we can be like David that said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That we may be able to say the scripture that said that if you abide in me and my word abides in you, anything you ask, you shall receive. Father, we need your word. Father, we need your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet for our darkened path. 